0: Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, it says this, and actually, the highlight of this portion of scripture that I'm reading is found in the very first verse of Matthew chapter five. It's called the Beatitudes. And it says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Everybody say, blessed are the poor. poor. Come on, say it again. Say, blessed are the poor poor." in in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And it goes on to say, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Look at somebody else and say, I hope you're hungry today. Because if you are, come on, look at them with conviction. Because if you are, you're going to get filled. And blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice. Rejoice. And be exceedingly glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, this scripture that I just read is one of the most famous portions of scripture found in the entire New Testament, not just because it was recorded by Jesus, but this famous sermon is called the the attitudes say that with me the B attitudes i'm assuming it's because jesus laid out some very practical christian principles or behaviors that if every believer well every believer should reflect amen come on our lives should reflect more than just a bumper sticker or a necklace or a fish on your bracelet i wish somebody would say amen to that we, there should be evidence we should there should be evidence of Christ living on the inside of our lives it should be reflected in our behaviors our actions the fruit that our lives produce the way that we treat each other even when we're upset come on i'm assuming it's because it's where he laid out these very basic principles in other words if you want to be blessed these should be your attitudes hence the be attitudes If you want to receive these blessed things, this should be your attitude. Be attitudes. Say be attitudes. So as of late, I've not only been meditating on this um, scripture, actually it's been two scriptures, um, but I have been feeling the realities. Of them in my life. And I want to draw your attention to the two once again. They probably won't be up on the screen, but it's found in verse three and verse six. And it says this, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Verse six says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. And so today I want to communicate a message entitled the riches and poverty. Everybody say the riches and poverty. This sermon will probably not warrant too many amens, although I will ask you to say amen just to remind me that you're still alive. But this this particular theme, and, and you'll have to be patient with me because sometimes I will try to write a sermon, and no matter how much I look at it, it just kind of looks jumbled. But, but I know the Lord really has been dropping this Matthew chapter 5, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, Into my heart, and I've never, I've never really understood it, if I can be honest. And, uh, but for the past, I guess several years, over five years certainly. um, As a young boy, I struggled with depression really badly. I thought it was because of the loss of my dad. But as, as a little kid, the slightest things bothered me. My mom will tell you; she was telling me the other day. Most pictures that were taken of me as a little kid. I was either crying or making really bad hand gestures at the camera. Uh, yeah, I was, I was one of those, I was a heathen. That's what the Pentecostal church would call me. He was a heathen. You know, I was, I was the last of, Or yeah, I was the last of, I'm the youngest of four. And uh, so I struggled with depression um, really bad. And, and this, this uh, the Lord highlighted something to me this morning, because whatever whatever the Lord puts in you as a child, the enemy comes to twist that thing. Yeah. Have you ever seen people's names? Uh, like, for instance, um, if your name my my name is Donald, so Donnie, I go by Donnie, but uh, my name actually means um, world leader or ruler. And so, um, what I struggle with, I struggled a lot with poverty growing up. Um, my my wife Stephanie's name, um, her name means crowned one. And so she, one of her struggles, she wouldn't mind me sharing this, she always felt unworthy. You see that? Names are important. And so what will happen many times, if you look at your children's names or you look at your name, I want you to think about what your name is right now. How many know the meaning of their name? And, and I, I, I'm I'm not being prophetic in this moment at least, but... I got a feeling that you've struggled in the opposite with what your name is. So, so there, I believe that that is the truth found in this scripture as well. So in other words, when someone, God, God poverty in the spirit realm is a good thing. Okay? Being, being poor in spirit, having a deep, insatiable longing for God is a good thing. But see, what the enemy does because the Lord will put that in you because he wants to draw you to himself. And the way that he draws you to himself is by putting a deep longing in your heart for him. But what the enemy does, he comes and he twists that and tries to make you feel depressed. And so many people mix up being poor in spirit versus being depressed. Do, do Do you see that revelation? So, so we'll, we'll, we'll let you get to that uh, after, after service. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about that revelation. So what God will often do is put something in you to draw, him to, draw you to himself, to give you a heightened awareness of your, of your need for him. And it comes through desire. And what the enemy does is he'll step in and not get you to look at God. He'll get you to look at what you lack circumstantially in the natural Because he doesn't want you to realize how poor we are in spirit without God. So what he'll try to get you to look at, let me make it practical. He'll try to get you to be, meaning the enemy, depressed about you not being able to pay your bills. Or he'll get you depressed looking at your children, how they're unsafe. He'll get you to look at things in the natural, not really realizing that the Lord put this deep longing in you to draw you to himself. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? And so I struggled as a young man. I would get really upset if my mom, because, uh, you know, we grew up around like party environments. I mean, all the family, when they got together, they drank, they chew, they ran with them that do and, you know, all of that stuff. And so I was, I, there was something in me that where unrighteousness, it sounds like I, I'm talking like I'm 80, unrighteousness bothered me. Is that true, mom? Even as a little boy, any type of sin habits, I mean, anything from smoking, drinking, if someone were together outside of marriage, there was this thing in me. As a little boy, I can remember it just, I would cry about it. I would, there, was this, there was this thing, I don't, I don't know, does anybody resonate with that? There's this thing, there's this thing in all of us that, that wants righteousness and wants holiness, but what the enemy does, he comes in and he twists it. And along the road, I began to make some very same habits on what I judged my family for doing. But this was something that God had put in me. This is something that David had in him. This is why he was coined as being the man after God's own heart. He would coin things like in Psalms 143, verse 6. He said, I spread out my hands to you. My My soul longs for you like a dry and like a thirsty land where there is no water. There was this deep longing for God that this world didn't have the ability to satisfy in him. He says in Psalms chapter 82, My soul longs for you, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. This speaks of a man who is poor in spirit. And do you know what I've come to the realization of? Is you will only get the level of God You will only receive to the degree that you are poor in spirit. Did you hear what I said? You will only receive of God to the degree that you are poor in spirit. Did you realize that it doesn't matter how much you give poor people, when you pull off the exit on I-4, it doesn't matter how much you give them. You can give them $100 a day. They will be back up there. More than likely, it's not going to get them out of poverty. This is how we are to be in the spirit. We should have a desire that cannot be quenched. There's nothing that they can get, there's nothing this world can give me that could ever make up for the void that is on the inside of me. Do you know what mo- most service I leave here? Weeping wanting to go home and pull the covers over my head, not because the worship team wasn't great. They were great. Not because worshiping God wasn't fun. It was fun. But there's this deep insatiable hunger down on the inside of me and down on the inside of you that is, that, that is to never ultimately to be quenched because if it gets quenched, we will stop pursuing. When we stop pursuing, we stop receiving. Once we stop receiving, his kingdom cannot come and his will cannot be done on this earth and in our lives as it is in heaven. So there's this burden of being, there's this, it's, it's, it's being blessed yet burdened. Can I say it like that? Is that a funny way of saying it? It sounds like an oxymoron. I'm burdened yet I'm blessed. But did you know there are good burdens? There are burdens that heaven will put on the inside of you. Because what burdens do is they provoke. That's right. When when you, when the Holy Spirit burdens you on the inside with something, see, there are his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So, so what I pray that this morning is released is those of you you may be cold in your relationship with God. You may be not very pursuant. You may be struggling in your prayer life. You may want to want God, but the want is not there. I pray that a burden is released on the inside of you and in an unquenchable hunger and a thirst gets birthed in you that this world cannot satisfy and it will launch you into a deep lovesick relationship with God because deep in this season is calling out to his deep glory to God. And so to live poor in spirit is to live under this constant weight that does not lift. It's a good weight. It's a weight that doesn't cease. Paul the apostle had it. He said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, yet, the, yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. He says, I'm compelled by God to do it. I'm burdened to do it. I'm compelled. I'm burdened. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. That's the NLT version. Jeremiah had it. In other words, Paul could not find any satisfaction. He was the most learned among them. He was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He, he led leaders. Yet he comes to all of this knowledge. He comes to this place of prestige. He could remember the first five books of the Bible from Genesis to Leviticus. He could rehearse it verbatim. I can hardly quote the first verse of Psalms 23. And yet he comes to this place and he, at the end of his life, you know what he says? I count it all as dung that I might gain him, meaning Christ. In other words, he, he's come to this place that no matter what I've achieved in this life, it still hasn't satisfied, satisfied this deep longing in my life for God. He was poor in spirit. And you know what I'm really realizing? I have never thought poor was a good thing, but I am realizing more and more as I get to know more people, as I look at the world today, the reason why we're in the place that we're in is because we are not poor in spirit. We wonder why we leave services unchanged and untouched and still sick in our body. Forgive me, you can... Untouched, unscathed, unmoved by the Holy Spirit. Reinhard Bunke called them asbestos Christians. They're fireproof. Unmoved by God. You want to know why we're unmoved? It's because many of us are not poor in spirit. You know what I'm learning? I'm I'm learning that God watches the way that we worship. He comes and he inspects how long we linger. He inspects whether or not going into the next song or going into the announcements is more important than lingering in his presence. And do we think ever if we were to move quickly that he would come? No, we are building, we are building a culture of respect for the Holy Spirit. Why? Because when he gets ready to rest, we have a branch established for him to land on. But in order to do that, we have to build a culture that is poor in spirit. In other words, a church building is not enough. Say I'm poor in spirit great worship although it's awesome is not enough great preaching is not enough an encouraging word is not enough you want to know how i know it's enough look at what your monday through saturday looks like i talk to myself when i say that too so i realize it's not enough because i'm poor in spirit all i know is everything externally religiously and practically will not do So Jeremiah had the same thing that Paul had. You remember when Jeremiah said that he was burdened? He said it like this. Then I said, I will not make mention of him. In other words, I don't even want to talk of you anymore, Lord. I keep getting myself in trouble, keep getting thrown into prison. And he says, nor do I want to speak your name. But his word was in me like a burning fire shut up in my bones. In other words, I am burdened. I am poor in spirit. I can't help myself but to want you and to speak for you. He had this burning in him. He said, I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. He was poor in spirit. So each of these men had an extraordinary weight on them, a burden to fulfill God's will and his plan on earth. Can I ask you something? If you evaluate your life, do you feel poor in spirit? Do you have a deep longing for God in your life? Or is your praise... Do we want a new pair of shoes more than we want him? Do we want a new house more than we want him? All those things are good. Do you want a new job more than? Is your praise only hinged on what he can do for you? Or do, is he enough? Is he enough in your life? Look at somebody with conviction in your eyes and nudge him just a little bit. Don't hurt him. Say, "Is he enough? Come on, nudge him. I want to see you a little nudge. Is he really enough? many of you know what I'm talking about when I say this. And when I, when you talk to certain people about why you, you know, why you serve God, you say things like, I got tired of running. Who uses that terminology? Like if your friends ask you, you know, why do you go to church? Why do you serve God? Why do you love God the way that you do? Has anybody ever used that type of verbiage? I got tired of running from God. My wife was like, "Mm mm-hmm. This is the, the blessed the bless part about being burdened. You know, they use this term, you know, I got tired of running. But this, this is the blessed part because God will not, allow, will not allow those he loves to have relief outside of serving him. Did, did you hear what I said? When we say we're running from the Lord and we finally come to the place of being tired, God will never allow us to be satisfied outside of serving him and loving him. It's called being poor in spirit. Unfortunately, it takes too much too long for some people to realize how poor they are. And they go through life, they get a career, they get married, they get a spouse, they buy a car and buy a home, and yet they they think they're gonna be able to quench this insatiable burning desire. And they're gonna silence this silent pain that they have on the inside of them. This this drawing, this gnawing thing that doesn't cease. And yet it grows worse. And they finally come to. And I always always used to wonder, because I thank God I I I had people when I was a little boy who tried to, you know, bring me to church. Notice I said tried. I was I was a heathen, and but there was there was I had two angels that literally lived on my block. They were both older. Literally, one was from West India. She's now a surrogate mother of mine. Uh, Her name is Shafina. And so I met her when I was seven. My best friend of 20, gosh, we were six years old, seven years old. We're still best friends to this day. And um, his mother, I mean, religion, church every single Sunday, every single Wednesday, Bible study. And same thing. I had it on the left side and I had it on the right side. I lived on a, a road called Roger Babson. And so I got to just go to both those churches, you know. Growing up, my 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 younger years, from the age of about seven to about twelve, and um, the thing about these ladies, I just could not understand why they were so devoted to the Lord, why they loved God so much. And and have you ever had this thought, young people? You've probably had this thought. I say, young people. I'm young too. I'm with. I'm with you. I'm with you. My mom says I have an old soul. I thought to myself, do you just get more, you know, when you get older, do you just lose it a little bit and you just have nothing to do when you go to church? Have you had that thought, young people? Have you guys thought that before? Like when you look at older people and they're like, you're going to church every Sunday, you just must not have nothing to do. But I started realizing that, that truly it was that as you get older and wiser, you start making time for what's most important, right? And you, and you start finding out when you're older how to quench that insatiable desire that I'm talking about, how to quench that flame on the inside of you. They got the revelation that my seven-year-old mind could not wrap around. They, they, They knew how to satisfy the deepest longings, and that was in a lovesick, deep relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I want that. I want the Lord to burden me more and more with his presence, with pursuing him. Do you know if we, had, if we were poor in spirit, we wouldn't have to have prayer meetings on Wednesday? You would have prayer meetings every day of the week. If we were truly burdened and we wore the weight of the Lord and we were truly hungry and thirsty for righteousness, if we really wanted him, we wouldn't have to carve out two hours on a midweek to get prayer done. We wouldn't have to designate our time to a certain Thing. It would be a lifestyle. God put that on the inside of us this morning, a deep desire to pursue you. Come on, lay your hands on your belly. It's okay if we're being recorded. We can be a little bit abstract this morning. Lord, burden me, burden this church, burden our culture, burden this city with a deep longing and desire to serve you, God, to be poor in spirit in the name of Jesus. If you follow that burden, it leads you to the promises of God in your life. Do you know God put something in you to lead you somewhere? The turtle, when it's born, doesn't need to be led to the ocean by mom's hand. There's something deep on the inside of the turtle that calls to the deep. Unfortunately, people run to drugs, alcohol, and sex, and all the rest. Oh, can I say that? I'm looking for tiny ones in here. I don't see any tiny ones. We learn to mask it up because we don't know how to silence and quench it. We don't know how to follow the leading. So we go to things to quench the voice of the Holy Spirit. We use relationships. We use, we use drugs. We use busyness. We use workaholism to quench the voice because we don't know how to respond. Or, but the burden is put on the inside of us to lead us into destiny to what you're called to do in life if you were to just follow it. So if you can hold off on taking the drugs or te- you know, hold off on engaging into relationships that will ultimately be a distraction for a season and allow destiny, allow that burden to lead you into the deep things of God instead of away from him. You have to listen to the burden. You have to listen to that deep thing that's calling On the inside of you. And Jesus himself, by the way of the Holy Spirit, puts this inside of the believer. And you know what it is? You know what being poor in spirit really is? It's a a built-in GPS system to get you there. Do you remember what we we talked about last week about the Father's house? Say the Father's house. Remember when Jesus was 12 years old, where's the first place that you've seen him? The Father's house. There was this... He said, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Amen. He was listening to his desire, and his desire led him where he was destined to be. And so if you listen to what, listen, stop running from the burden. Start listening to it. I didn't say don't, the depression, that's something different altogether. I'm talking about a holy burden that, you've, that, that you have on the inside of you. It is your GPS system to bring you into the perfect plan of God for your life. Somebody say, listen to it. it. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. The deep sense of being poor in spirit doesn't lead you to a better life or just to lead you to a better life. It's bigger than that. It leads you to a kingdom. Did you hear what I said? Being burdened but by the way of the Holy Spirit, when he puts that on the inside of you, God doesn't want more for you to just have a house, just to have a nice pair of shoes, to have a quality of life. Certainly God wants us to have nice monetary things. But more than that, he wants to lead you to a kingdom. He wants to lead you to your destiny. He wants to lead you to your purpose. And it's all found in this GPS, GPS system on the inside of you. Somebody say, listen closely. And can I tell you when you're poor in spirit, sounds like an oxymoron on what I'm going to say is it's an endless supply. There is a, when you're poor in spirit, there is an endless supply of his presence and his power. Because what does being poor in spirit do? It extracts, it puts a demand on what's in the, on the inside of God. What happened at the, with the woman with the issue of blood? She was desperate. If I could only but touch the hem of his garment, I like him. You're going to be my front row shouter. What happened? There was something deep calling to his deep, and when, when her deep connected with his deep, she got what was on the inside of him. She got all of the resources that earthly pleasures and earthly money could not buy because she was poor in spirit. The Bible says it like this. She spent all of her livelihood and only grew worse, but she heard that Jesus was coming to town. And she put a demand on what was on the inside of him. And when she connected with that, she had everything that she needed. So when we are poor in spirit, when you are truly poor and burdened in spirit, there's an endless supply that you can have. You know what I've been doing? I told you guys lately, I've I've been waking up for the past several years. It's been so weird. I was wondering if if something i was something was off waking up i normally get up around 5am in the morning and i was thinking to myself this is not normal and for the past certainly the past 5 years i wake up literally out of bed and the first thing that before my feet hit the floor my eyes are wet i'm crying i can't i can't help it and there's this thing in me that says there's more there's more even, even this morning when I woke up, I, I, first thoughts that came to my mind, it's been the past couple of years, I said, there's more than what happened last Sunday, God. There's more than what's happening during the week. When I read the scriptures, when I'm reading of, and it's more than just about healings. It's more than just about signs. It's more than just about wonders. It's, it's, but it's also more than just about worship. It's more than just about having a service. It's, it's more than just getting an encouraging word. There is more. When we read the life of Jesus Christ, the supernatural power of God was evident all around him. And all as I know as churches, there has to be more. There has to be more. But I know that when we truly connect to it, and can I tell you this, it's going to take more than the preacher who desires this. It's going to take more. It's going to take us corporately longing. It's going to be corporately us realizing our poverty in spirit. And once we are impoverished in spirit corporately, we will pull on, come on, the anointing, just like the woman with the issue of blood and corporately will receive the blessing. What's the blessing? His presence his power, his anointing, his peace, his joy, his righteousness, come on, and all the rest. Because there's an endless supply when we connect to this. Is anybody getting this this morning? God has an endless supply of himself. He's not lacking any any way, shape, or form. The only time that we will stop receiving is when we stop pursuing When we're no longer poor in spirit, we will not receive from him. When someone tells me that they're lacking in their relationship with God, my first question is, how hungry have you been lately? Because those who hunger, those who thirst, those will be filled. It's a promise. So the question is not whether or not he can meet the need of where you are right now your spiritual needs, your earthly needs. That's not the question. The question is, are you poor in spirit? Are you hungry? Are you thirsty for his righteousness? And there's different levels in God. And the Lord gave me this this morning. When you're poor in spirit, you know, because I've seen over the years Someone hungry for, and I've experienced this. I've gone through seasons of coldness myself. Uh, if you're, if you love the Lord longer than a year, you'll, you'll understand. Um, I was talking to my to my friends last night. They they called me on Facetime yesterday, and there they just moved to Israel. Our good friends Benjamin and Rebecca, and he was literally sitting on the Sea of Galilee, like literally looking at it. And so he calls me. I said, thanks for calling me and putting the knife in my back. Like, you know, it's like rub it in. I've never been there. And he calls me, and and they have just they've gone through, they've obeyed the Lord, they've gone to Israel, and he literally looks in the screen and he's looking at Galilee. I mean, literally the place where Jesus walked. You could see Capernaum, you could see everywhere where I mean, where Jesus, who's been to Israel before? One person. Oh, hallelujah. Anyway, he shows me that. And then we talked about all the trials that they've recently gone through because of, when you obey the Lord, trials will come. And so I said to them, I said, listen, I said, oftentimes your relationship with the Lord will feel like riding the back of a bull. Some seasons you just have to hold on for dear life. (laughs) That is the absolute truth. Sometimes you just have to hold on and this too will pass. And... um." I was going to tell you about these different levels in God. And God can be two things to you. He can be the one that cleans you up and gets on your feet. If you hunger for him, if you desire for him, he will invade your life. He'll have mercy. He'll step right in and then clean you up. But there's if you can maintain, after he cleans you up, if you can maintain the passion. See, this is what happens. When he blesses us, we get so blessed that we forget him. We no longer want him. We no longer need him. As soon as we pray and we fast, we get the breakthrough. We're able to pay our bill. Our spouse starts acting right again, and everything is hunky-dory again, and then we forget how much we need him. And so we're no longer poor in spirit. So he can clean you up and intervene in your life, get you on your feet, or he can raise you up to be his hands and his feet. If you can maintain the hunger, If you can maintain the passion, if you can maintain the desire, if you can maintain being poor in spirit, he'll take you from getting you on your feet to being his hands and feet. I don't know about you, but I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I want to experience more than his blessing. I want his heart. John got this revelation. Peter was okay with just walking on water. John wanted his heart. David, King David, wanted his heart. He wanted wanted his presence, not just external things. Of course, Peter was converted and things changed, but I don't know about you, but I want want his heart. I I want my deep to call out to his deep. I want to receive all that he has for me in my life. I, I want to maintain a life of poverty. And I think this is where Leonard Ravenhill got it right. If you don't know who Leonard Ravenhill is, I highly recommend some of his books. He died back in 1994. He was an evangelist. I call him the weeping prophet. I mean, when you, when you listen to his messages, I mean, you can be saved, filled, sanctified, but after you listen to one of his messages, you want to get saved all over again. Somebody once asked him, how did you maintain a clean life without any whisper of controversy? Never stepped outside of his marriage. He, faithful to the gospel for 70 plus years, squeaky clean. And that's what he, he remained poor in spirit, so he maintained a receptivity to the Lord. And I think this is the challenge for every believer. You know how you go through seasons of you want God, and then it dies off, and then you want God again, and then it dies off? Well, listen the Lord doesn't want us to go through seasons as it relates to being poor in spirit. He wants us to maintain. that should be a season in all of our lives that we maintain throughout our entire Christian relationship with him, remaining poor in spirit, because we go from what? Glory to glory. We want to go from deep to even deeper. Amen? How many want that? I don't know if maybe one or two of you want that. Listen Listen. what Moses said in Exodus chapter 33, and I'm almost done. Exodus 33, chapter 17, verse 23. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken. Somebody say an endless supply. supply. For you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by your name. And he said, please show me your glory. And then he said, "I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will rep- I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion." But he said, "You cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live." Say an endless supply. And the Lord said, "Here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock." And so it shall be while I pass, while my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cliff of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. And then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. The Lord has this endless supply of Himself that He wants to reveal to you. It's endless. Here's the question. Are you poor in spirit enough to get all that he has? Are you hungry enough? Are you thirsty enough? As a matter of fact, the reason why God had so much, he said, Listen, you can't see my face because the Bible describes God's, uh, God's power to such a degree that man cannot live and see him. But there is a depth that we can receive to where everything changes. Our lives change. Culture, it changes a culture. It can change a church. It can change the climate of a region. But it's all based on how hungry you are. And Moses wanted to see his face. He, wasn't, he couldn't settle with just talking to him. See, that's where we mess up. We just settle for doing our Christian duties I'll settle for my prayer list. I'll settle for a prayer set. I'll settle for a worship set. I'll settle for going through our religious motions on Sunday. But I don't know about you, but I am poor in spirit, and I know there's more. And I know God wants to release more. The question is today, Donnie, are you poor in spirit? Are you hungry enough to keep pursuing? Congregation, are you hungry and poor in spirit? Do you want to see more of God in every aspect of your life? We pray for the needs to be met, but can I say this this morning? I believe if that we were to get all of him, our circumstances would change. Even if our circumstances didn't change, once we see him and we really taste of him, the fullness of him, our attitudes would change about what's not changing in our lives. Because once you have his presence, I mean truly, when we truly have him and we truly have his presence, There's nothing externally that can move us. I don't know about you, but I can face what I'm facing as long as he gives me his peace. I can face what I'm facing as long as I have his presence. I can face what I'm facing as long as I know that he's with me and he'll never forsake me nor leave me. Come on, say amen to that. Come on, stand to your feet. Hallelujah. And lastly, Being poor in spirit truly gives you something that satisfies, truly satisfies. I heard this quote not that long ago. I think it's from C.S. Lewis. I may be misquoting, but it says this, If this world has yet to satisfy me, I've come to one conclusion. I was made for more than just this world. If this world has yet to satisfy me, I've come to one conclusion. I was made for more than just this world. My mom just, we got her a puppy recently. She kept leaving the house for like, you need to just rest. So we bought her a dog. It's a beautiful dog. I wish I could show you the picture. Remember I mentioned that we were heathens? So we still like we still like pit bulls and things like that, and so we bought her a little bully. She she's beautiful, and um, her paws I mean she's just she's already her paws are already gigantic. And you said something the other day. You said isn't it amazing? You were talking about how the dog was nursing on mom. Did you was it you who said that? How God makes dogs and how you don't have to instruct the puppy. On where to go to get its nutrition, and um, I just I got a revelation. You don't have to do that with a child, neither. And um, I was thinking about this being poor in spirit, and how the babies receive their nourishment from their maker. You you don't you don't have to you don't have to tell the baby you know go to mom's breast and nurse just like just like the preacher shouldn't have to always say this is where you get your nourishment from there's there's something on the inside of you that God put there you don't need my instruction you don't need the preacher's instruction yes you better come to church I'm halfway playing You should. But if there's something that's on the inside of you that this world has yet to satisfy, go to him because he, when you're impoverished, when you go to him and you suckle on his resources, his nutrition, you will then find the nutrition that you need for life, your spiritual stability, your spiritual strength. It's amazing how the animal kingdom functions in that way. It's the same with a human being. And so if you're longing this morning, it's not a bad thing. You've been wondering, Lord, why has this deep longing? You think it's other things maybe. But can I tell you this? When you have this deep, unsatisfied need in your life, it is something that God has put on the inside of you. That thing that says this, it may not even realize it needs more of God, more of Jesus, more of the Holy Spirit. You may not even realize that, but he put that inside of you. He may not have verbally instructed you on how to get it satisfied, but he put it on the inside of you to draw you to himself. It's how he made us. And can I tell you this morning, as much as he's put this being poor in spirit on the inside of you to draw you to himself. He has that same longing. Longing to be with you. Longing to speak with you face to face like he spoke with Moses. Longing to spend time with you. Longing to... Remove those things that you so desperately want removed out of your life. He so longs to impart into you the things that you need for this life. And I just pray that he does that even right now, even in this sweet moment. I just pray that you just capture the revelation of where your source, your true source comes from. And I pray that you catch the revelation of whatever that aching is in your life. I pray that you catch the revelation that that the Lord put the seed on the inside of you to draw you to himself. And I just thank you, Lord, that there is a drawing even right now, a pulling on the hearts of your people to a deeper, fuller relationship with you. Moved by your Holy Spirit even all across this room. Lay your hands on your stomach for just a moment. Lord, I pray for a divine impartation. A divine impartation on the inside of every single person. A deep longing to seek you and serve you and to love you and to obey you and to worship you and to live for you and to long for you, Lord, in a way that they have never thought possible do it by your spirit may your deep call to the deep things on the inside of them this morning Lord I thank you for a deep transformation Lord yes Lord in order to do that you have to put away the other lovers and the other imitations that get in the way I just heard the Lord say that may the Lord do it He will put the longing, but he leaves it up to you to remove the clutter and the distraction and the other lovers. Your other lover may be money. Your other lover may be uh, people, persons, or places, or things, or habits, or leisure activities. I don't know what it is that's in your life that could take the place of the Lord. But I just pray right now that you would have this deep longing that would be willing to put away anything for the sake of his name for the sake of your relationship with him. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.